Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. You're listening to Alice B. Toklas Network, bringing you up-and-coming information about what's happening with the... Thank you. You are now listening to the Dean of Cannabis Radio with attorney Bruce Margolin with 50 years of experience working with the world of marijuana and law, dealing with so many different propositions out there, been on the covers of many, many different magazines, the LA Weeklies, the Marijuana Magazines, the Los Angeles Daily Journals, many different accreditations here working to fight for your rights to survive here in this cruel world that has been holding down marijuana consumption for many, many years. And what we have here tonight is Bruce Margolin. He's going to be speaking about Proposition 64 and how it is affecting you right now in California, the hidden, the hidden parts of the agenda within 64, things to be careful about, to know the laws, what is legal, what can be enacted, how this new legalization has actually helped us and how it's actually harmed us. Right now, we're trying to put the whole state of affairs together here in California. We're working with uh, many different advocates all over the state. And we have uh, attorney Bruce Margolin, who's written uh, a guide called the Margolin Guide that helps you know the laws and rights in all the 50 states right here, coming here live from Beverly Hills, California. We have information about the possession, the cultivation, sales, transportation, and the California Medical Marijuana Law Dispensaries Collective, the DUIs for marijuana and alcohol, along with uh, legal uh, and business licensing and cannabis information right here for you tonight on tonight's show. We're proud to uh, bring, bring forward to you um, Mr. Uh, Attorney Bruce Margolin, Dean of Cannabis Law. Thank you, Bruce. Well, what a lovely introduction. It's a pleasure being with your audience. I hope I could be of some service by providing information about what the story is about the law. Because the one thing I've done for many years is in my 21st edition of my guide and in my life, I've tried to teach people the law because knowing the law and the rights is the best way to stay out of trouble. You hear a lot of stuff about what the law is on the street, and God just wants to do that. You've got to read it. And if you want to know it, you got to go to my guide. I put it out online. I give it to all the dispensaries. It's called the Margolin Guide to State and Federal Marijuana Laws. Again, this is my 21st edition this year, annual edition. Anyway, so let's get down to the nitty-gritty. As you know or may not know, we all passed Prop 64, for better or worse. We'll talk about uh, that, those aspects of it sometime later. But right now, let's get up to speed of what the law is. I get a little drink of water. I'm going to talk to you about possession, which people think they know what's going on with possession. Well, there are some number of issues about simple possession that you got to be aware of, okay? Okay, as of November 8, 2016, with the passage of Prop 64, it is now legal to possess and give away an ounce of herb, an ounce of marijuana, and eight grams of hash. California Section 50 Health and Safety Code 11362.1 
11362.45. Those are the codes. Those are the California codes. Those codes, you know, are supposed to be able to reflect what people voted for. Law, the law of an ounce or less for possession of eight grams is legal in California for adults over 21. It is legal to possess, process, transport, purchase, obtain, or give away to persons 21 or over of age without any compensation whatsoever. Get sell it, get trade your private parts for it, nothing like that. Yeah, well, I love that point. I guess I could do okay. I don't think of it. Anyway, not more than three, uh, not more than 28 grams, 28.5 grams to what's in an OZ, okay? Now, there's also one uh, not in the form of concentrated cannabis. That's different than concentrated cannabis, we call hash in the good old days, and that's something really good. Anyway, you can have eight grams of concentrated cannabis. Hashish, including um, as contained in marijuana products. So I don't know how they're going to figure that out, folks. About how much is in a product, and how much is how many grams you have in that product. But up to eight grams, you can have a product on the pad. Okay. Okay. Now Prop 64 also provides some important things. Okay. One of them, which is delights me, because felonies um, are no longer in existence in California when it comes to possession for sale or sale or transportation, etc. That's those are all misdemeanors. So Pop 64 provides not only the reduction of these cases not misdemeanors, but also provides that felons may reduce their misdemeanors and even dismiss their previous convictions for marijuana offenses um, by way of Prop 64. The law is retroactive. Defendants can have their conviction reduced to what it would have been had Prop 64 been in effect at the time they were busted. There are exceptions. Transportation out of the state, violation of environmental laws, people with prior sex offenses, I don't know what they're picking on them necessarily, but and serious or prior violent felonies and marijuana convictions involving minors. So if you're priors, and if you do that, you can't get your case reduced to a misdemeanor or maybe dismissed entirely. Now, there is an issue about that, getting dismissed entirely. I don't want to tell on the time. I want to get too narrowed down. But anybody out there, those that got popped before for possession of sale, you know, cultivation or transportation of the sacred herb or cultivation in any amounts, you can get those cases reduced to misdemeanors and expunged. But on top of that, there's an argument to be made that unless the prosecution can prove the quantity you had at the time is more than what's legal now, then the whole case has to be dismissed. And they only, they're very limited on what they can use to prove it. It's called the record of conviction. So if you don't go to preliminary hearing, for example, they have nothing in the record except the guy cops out to cultivation of marijuana. They don't say how much it was, and the site won't be mentioned in the plea. Or you can maybe get the whole damn thing dismissed entirely. The issue of whether they can use the, the um, transcript of a preliminary hearing to determine whether that you have more than that six uh, six OZ, like that the six plants, or one OZ, or eight, more than eight grams of hash, but the um, whether they can use the transcript of a preliminary hearing. Some courts have said they can do it. Yes, in cases involving 
immigration questions about prior strikes and things of that nature, but they haven't decided on Prop 64. So that, that remains open. Uh, anybody in trouble, let me know. I'll tell you more about it. Anyway, now, there are exceptions to this possession of marijuana. Several of them, okay? It says, nothing in this law shall be construed to permit any person to, one, smoke or ingest marijuana or marijuana products in any public place except in accordance with 26200 of business and profession codes. And if you do so, you're up to a $100 fine. Now, that section they, that they're talking about, section 26200, is a section that provides for licensing for all kinds of activities, okay, if they want to give them to us, okay? And in that regard, I'm really down for this argument to be made and I'm making it quite, I think, well, that we intend to have on-site consumption. Right now, in the city of Los Angeles, and in most places throughout the state, no way can you use marijuana except if you have access to or own a residence. Other than that, that's it. You can't smoke in public, right? And if you live in an apartment or a condominium, and they say no smoking there, unless they permit it, you're screwed. So if someone's not rich enough to own a residence, they've got no place to go. You can't smoke in any place else. It's authorized. So I went to the city council about two weeks ago and presented this argument to uh, the council. And uh, the, head, the president invited me to come see him, which I have an appointment with him on this coming November 7th. He seems like an open guy. The LA Times did a big article about that, I mean, on that date. You guys can look at it. It's, it's, it's an October 25th edition, front page article about this on site consumption, how important it is to have access. Why should these so-called politicians, which most of them are good guys, go out the street, walk in their bar, drink their, their whatever they're going to do at lunchtime, whatever else they want to do? They have a right to do that. Why don't we have a right to do that? Well, we're legal. So one of the things the article said and quoted me is saying that the city council is treating us like we're still criminals. So the bottom line is... Um, it's going to happen. I'm confident we're going to have on-site consumption. On top of that, today's L.A. Times, they called me uh, last week, told me it's going to be in their paper. I haven't seen the actual paper, unfortunately. If anybody has it out there, please hold on to it because I want to get them on the stand. They're all gone. L.A. Times today had a, like a full-page uh, article on their opinion page from the L.A. Times supporting on-site consumption, okay? So uh, that'll help. Anyway, so the bottom line, I'm going to have this meeting with this uh, president of the city council, and I've been talking to people about ways in which we can clean the air. So I'm sure there's three issues. Oh, they're going to smell it, but I don't like it, all that. I've heard from a lot of growers that there are um, ways to cleanse the air from smell. And so um, anybody out there that has any information out there, maybe you can hit me up in my office at 1 800 420 laws, 1 800 420 laws, LAWS, and let me know if you know any these machines that do that air cleaning so I can bring that to uh, the president's attention. Ozone. Ozone. It's more than ozone. I will know what they do. But anyway, give me a answer. Let's go, let's go with the laws now, okay? So far, you can have an OZ. You can possess it, transport it, purchase it, obtain it, give it away. And the person's over 21 without any compensation. Got that. Not more than an OZ, okay, got it. Now, 
It also says that you get misdemeanors reduced, your failures to be reduced to misdemeanors, which is something I just threw in there at that point that I thought was so important for people to know. Number three, um, the exceptions on this situation is one, you can't smoke in public. Number two, you smoke marijuana or marijuana product in a location where there's no smoking allowed, where smoking tobacco is prohibited, fraction. So smoke, marijuana product in public is $100 fraction, and the other one's $100 a fraction. Now those $100 don't sound like anything, but guess what with penalty assessment, it's about $500. So why should we be subject to that kind of crap because they know where to smoke? Okay, now, possess, or open, possess an open container or open package of marijuana or marijuana products while driving, operating or riding in a, pass, in a passenger seat of the compartment of motor vehicle, boat, vessel, aircraft, or other vehicle used for transportation. $250 infraction. So if they give you the full boat, which they thought they would do, but who knows, that means there will be about, see, about five, times, five times $250 a summer. That's a thousand, that's twelve hundred fifty bucks. That's not fair. But I don't want your token in the car. I guess you can't leave your roaches in the ashtray anymore. There's, there's actually been an update where Sacramento's been looking at changing to seventy dollars infraction. I found some article. Seventy dollars? They're going to reduce it. Yeah, but still, for it being open, the passenger is not driving. You may have to take down my sign that says there's no hitchhikers except for how's it go? Cash, ass, or grass. I guess it costs out the grass now. It's a bummer. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> okay, anyway. Anyway, let's go on with this, all right? So, um, possess smoke or just marijuana products in or upon the grounds of the school, daycare, or youth center while children are present. We don't want those guys grabbing our shorts, okay? Got it? That's a hundred dollar fraction. That is terrible, but I guess they don't want to talk in front of the kid. Okay, no. No, uh, hold on a second. It's unlawful, of course, to ma manufacture concentrated cannabis using volatile solid ones. You know that, right guys? Unless it's done according to the licenses of the chapter thirteen, chapter three, five. The subdivision, etc., etc., of the bureaus and professions code, not business and professions code. They're saying you can't count, you can't make concentrated cannabis. Matter of fact, with butane, if they bust you, they're going to put you in jail, have a high bail, and if you blow someone up, including yourself, they're going to put you in prison. So it's no joke. And people do blow themselves up all the time. It's a bummer. They don't think you know what they're doing, but they screw up even though they've got experience with it. And I've had clients that look terrible. And, and I had a bag of judge to give him some probation to his hands were all blown, his face was blown up. The DA wanted, she wanted, uh, in this case, three years of long term. I've heard she wanted downtown losses, a particular DA wanted five years to blow up generally, okay? She thought she'd give me a break of three. The judge finally gave me a probation deal. So that helped. And, you know, she wasn't wonderful, guys. Bless her. Anyway, you can't smoke or adjust marijuana or marijuana products while riding in the passenger seat, a compartment of motor vehicle, boat or vessel, or other vehicle used for transportation, 
run the vehicle, blah, blah, blah. And if you do that, you can't be token in the car. You can be accepted about $1,250 fine total. If they give you the high term. Okay, nothing in this section intends to repeat, reflect. This is important. This part of the, it's part of the code, okay? It's saying nothing in this section shall be construed or interpreted to amend, repeal, affect, restrict, or exempt preempt laws pertaining to the Compassionate Act of 1996. So what that means is everybody was saying, oh, the marijuana, no, no medical marijuana. No. It says, what is that? Did it build, um, what was it? Um, uh, what's the carry over here? Prop 215. Prop 215 passed in 1996. Prop 215 allowed patients to grow and to possess marijuana. Didn't say how much, didn't say where to get it, didn't say, and, and their caregivers, it said, all right? So they never said, well, you can get that first seed to grow with, you know? That wasn't included. So that law still remains in effect. I can go back to the back story in the morning. Let me give you some more details about it, okay? Um, so, Prop 215 was the medical marijuana law passed in 1996. If anybody had a recommendation, that law still remains in effect. That law is very narrow. Narrow to the degree that all you can do is possess, transport, and um, grow marijuana. However, the amount you can grow is a any amount that's reasonably necessary for your medical needs. Now, at one time, under Senate Bill 420, which came afterwards, which also created co-ops and collectives and dispensaries, and all that came from Senate Bill 420, it also changed this um, situation where the amount you could have in order to avoid arrest or prosecution was supposed to be six mature plants and eight ounces of blood. I forget how much hash, I think it was four or six grams, I don't remember. So if you had those amounts and you had a county ID card, you were supposed to be stolen. They couldn't do shit to you, okay? So people were, you know, trying to stay within that scope, but obviously that's not realistic. No one can work, you know, use, limit their use of six plants and somebody's sick in the garage. It's not going to work, you know? So, um, there was a people busted for it, and they tried to, they tried to argue that you were limited to six plants under the Senate Bill 420. But the court overturned that concept because you can't change an initiative by legislation. You can't limit the rights created by an initiative by legislation. And by the way, you've got more information about all this stuff, remember this. 1-800-420-LAWS. L-A-W-S. My, my book's online. Right now, it's a 2016 draft. I've got a 2017 draft. I've got two new drafts because the friggin' laws keep changing on me. But 420laws.com, 1-800-420-laws.com, or call me those numbers and tell me what you need to know and or if you get in trouble, I'm here for you, okay? By the way, I've defended more marijuana cases than any lawyer in the United States of America. I'm proud to say that. And I've been down for the cause of the start of my practice in 1967. But I already told that story in previous programs. I just want to give you some credibility. I'm also director of Normal, 1973. 
And I walked across the desert with Mount Moses and I saw that bush. I know what that was. I don't want to tell you guys because I promise never to say it. Okay, that's how long I've been around. Don't forget it. Okay? All right, nevertheless, let's keep going with this. Nothing in this section, so I'll say they're going to mess with this pop, this pop thing, 215. And so now we're left with pop 215. So that means patients can draw any amount of necessary for a medical need. And uh, et cetera, et cetera. But we're going to have to get it now. Senate Bill 420 is going to be dead in 2018. It's sunset. And then, because it will sunset when the state of California starts issuing licenses. Which hasn't yet happened. But they're scrambling up there, supposedly, to be ready. They'll give you an interim license if you have a local city or county to live. A license to do these kind of businesses, which I can talk about ad nauseum with you about this. Licensing law, because that's what I do all day long. People come in, they want to know what the books are about, what can they do to get a license, why can I get a license, how much it costs to get a license, blah, blah, blah. What about the applications? What about getting property? What about leases? What about partnership agreements? All that stuff. I just see my clients on daily. And I write, in one way, I'm very happy that I have a tool to help my clients get licenses and stay out of trouble, okay? On the other hand, what the bullshit, okay? What do you have to go up to to get a license and how much it costs? It's not pretty. I'm looking for a new initiative on the ballot. Talking about the right of one initiative to president over the other, the newer one could be, if it opposes the other one, we could we could win. So we go back on there and talk about a realistic amount of marijuana. I think the whole thing should be like friggin' broccoli. You go to the store, there's a pile of broccoli, you can smell it. Oh, that's a pile there. Yeah, go, go to the uh, grocery. What are, they, what are they talking about? This is, bull, this is bullshit. We, you know, we live with marijuana long enough. We know it's, <laughs> kittens aren't having puppies. And, Dogs aren't having kittens. And it, nothing's fucking changed, okay? So it, nothing. Things are getting better all the time. More and more people are using the sacred herb, and less and less people are taking pharmaceuticals and killing themselves and getting drunk on their ass and, you know, beating their wives. We're going the right direction here with this herb. There's no reason to put all these cramps on it, clamps on it. There's nothing regulated up our ass. What are we regulating? We know good herb. We can smell it. We can look whether there's any mold on it. What the hell is this? All of a sudden, we have to get a test up our ass. Maybe we check it our crap. Finished smoking it. Who knows? Anyway, let's move on. I don't want to get... I want to be a naysayer. I'm, I'm glad it's legal. It's legal at last. Free at last. We did it. At last, it's legal. We're not criminals. And treat us with respect. We deserve the whole time. If you want to hear something really funny, i got to tell you this story, guys, okay? Right now, in the city of Los Angeles, they have different categories of licensing for people. One category is this equitable licensing, okay? It's part of the statute. And I just met today with one of the guys you saw the city council president, a lawyer friend of mine. And part of the program is this. If you live in a district for five years, that is one of the districts that's taken a lot of bullshit from the book of laws, for example, with the drug laws, percentage of arrests, and you've been convicted of a marijuana offense, guess what? Instead of putting you in jail now, they're going to give you a priority license to open businesses in those cities where you live. Transportation license, testing licenses, uh, uh, cultivation licenses, 
dispensary and guess how many they're going to give you? One for one, I've heard. For every other person that gets one, you guys get one on the side out there that's just thinking a bunch of bullshit over these fucking laws. Excuse the expression, okay? So what happened to Prop 64, part of the deal was they recognized that these laws that were so draconian and putting people in prison for years and taking their families and busting their parents and taking a job away from them and those to uh, work for you and his dignity and all the bullshit went with these laws they're trying to make up for them, them, okay? Is this a way to do it? Who knows way and how and what and why and where? I guess some people are going to get like the lucky lotto, okay? It's not that they're going to automatically get these licenses, but they have to have dollars down and so if they're good, these are solid people and you got their possibility of getting a license, I'm sure you get plenty of investors, okay? So, again, if you need some help in this licensing area law, call my office, okay? I'm associated with other lawyers that are very quality, very quality lawyers, including my daughter. Went to Harvard Law School. Associates all went to Harvard Law School. And, you know, other people in the office are well-trained, good lawyers. And uh, her staff is beautiful. We do a lot of licensing for people around the state. We're waiting for the shooting shop in the city of Los Angeles. Right now it's going to happen. But get on board, get that mule, get that axe and pick and shovel and cross the desert, the land of freedom. So remember this. Money with no weed is fucked up. Weed with no money is cool. So keep that in mind, okay? It's not all about the money, honey, all right? It's a sacred herb we're talking about. Let's go back to the book. Now, so the top 215 is going to still exist the way it was before, which means the people that are patients, not only they can go to dispensaries right now, there's other people that can because they have mission licenses for so-called adult use. They call it recreational. We call it adult use because that's what it should be called. At worst, I would say the spiritual herb myself, the sacred herb. Anyway, let's go on with that. So, I'll be back to the question that before does is that it allows, you know, the pasture use to still exist, but it exists within the package that they got to get the weed for the people who are licensed. How are going to get it? Yes, sir. Let's work back to who get the money, money. The state wants the money, they want a piece of the action, they're going to tax everybody. Now, admittedly, they're going to tax people less than the medical marijuana taxation. I have to, I can tell you exactly how much that is, you want to hear, but we'll do it some other time, all right? Now, let's go on with this. The purpose of this section is that smoke means to inhale, exhale, burn, or carry any lighted, heated device or pipe, or any other lighted or heated marijuana or marijuana product intended for inhalation, whether natural or synthetic. In any manner, in any form, smoke, the use of electronic smoking device that creates an aerosol or vapor in any manner, in any form, or the use of any oral smoking device for the purpose of circumventing the prohibition of smoking in a place. They don't want you to smoke in their freaking place, okay? They are uptight and uninformed and they're full of shit, too. If there's no secondhand, firsthand marijuana, but there's no evidence scientifically it's going to hurt you, it's good for you. What's the problem with secondhand, number one, and number two, it? There's never been, let me tell you something. 
get my kids. Oh, I don't want to be sick. I don't want to be the no one. I'll get a high. I'm in the room with them. Well, if that was true, there'd be a lot of people not in federal prison right now because I'll tell you what. One of the conditions of bail in federal court is not to use marijuana. And they test these guys. And when they, they come up 30, they take their bail in their freaking prison, that's it. They don't get out. And so they say, oh, I was a place. I wasn't smoking, Your Honor. I was at a party. I walked in there. And I, I got second sense smoking. That's why I got the, the, the THC in my system. Guess what? They have no friggin' science to back it up whatsoever. If they could prove it, they would do it. There's no way to prove it. You get any high from being in a room, except maybe you get high from people that are high because they are high, and that's a cool place to be. Matter of fact, that's one of the reasons we need these on-site consumption places, okay? This is where people's ego is put in a little downward way, okay? This herb is sacred. Sacred because it represents the philosophy that you, with lesser ego, you can see things more clearly. And that's why people talking and smoking, the midnight choking, they get around the room, they're all cool, kick back, they're all bros. It's a whole different kind of scene. Why? Because that ego has been dissipated by that sacred herb, the Lord Shiva, in the form of cannabis. Moving along. So we're going to have these... Um, on-site consumption places, just like they had in San Francisco, they called the Buyers Club, the Cannabis Buyers Club. That was Mr. Perone's, Mr. Perone's place. And let me tell you, I was there. It was so like kicked back. I mean, it's like a, you just felt comfortable, okay, in that place. Okay, a lot of sick people admitted it. But the support, emotional, psychological, and, of course, the herb, the friendly atmosphere, that's what this place was about. That was why it was a threat. Marijuana smokers are a threat to others because they're ivy. You know, they you know they, they can't act out if people buy any of their stuff. So they don't like the people getting high. Like it's, a, like it's something that people shouldn't do. I thought it's called the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Is it not? Is that we have in our Constitution? Life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Is marijuana, does it give you a chance for life? Is that your choice? As many people say, and I think science is maybe developed, and say that the longevity of marijuana smokers is typically longer than others. I'll pull that out. I'll pull that out. Okay. Number two, liberty. It is a right of liberty, and it is not the pursuit of happiness. They're saying in our Constitution that one of the things that they want to protect is the pursuit of happiness. So what is getting high? It's getting happy. <laughs> so it's a constitutional right. Matter of fact, when I was in India, the first time, there was a, uh, one of these guys on the street that showed you uh, Bombay, okay? I had one leg. And he, I met him with another guy. He said, yeah, well, they show you around. I said, sure. And he took, he took us to all these hash places and he spoke to all the people. It was real cool. It took us to a circus and, and open carriages and horses dog carriages, it was a riot. And then he told me, he said, he's been on the corner there where I met him about 25 years. And he said, it used to be as all the military would come to Vietnam, you know, come to our country, there were the wars and stuff. And they want to get, they want to get hookers, they want to get heroin. He said, but now, I only show 
the happy people around. The people who smoke the herbs are called the happy people. So I think he's a good witness for us. In the federal court, we say it's a pursuit of happiness. Even he calls them happy people. In India, okay, so here we are back to the book. We're still on the first page of possession. I'll give you some backstory on it, okay? Okay, you don't have to smoke it. Okay, then part D in this whole thing says, for, the, for purposes of this section, volatile solvent means volatile organic compounds, including explosive gases, such as butane, propane, exlane, linane, I guess it is, xylene, gasoline, kerosene, O2, or H2, and uh, 0.2 um, dangerous poisons, toxins, carcinogenics, such as menthol, menthol, alcohol, blah, 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 blah. To me, they don't like that stuff. And so, by the way, um, the penalty for those things, again, is uh, most of them $100 fine. But making hash, the butane, or any of those solids is punishable by three, five, or seven years in prison. Get it. And you're going to go to prison in most places around this state. At least going to get a bullet. If you're not careful, good luck, you're going to get less. I had a case on Riverside. When we just passed Prop 64, the guy charged routine. The judge was very nice. He was a nice lady. So I came to talk to her about it. And she really didn't know the whole story. She didn't know what I was legalized. Like I had 10,000 butane canisters and a whole place full of family, some kind of, you know, house arrest deal and send me home and that's it. And most places do not do that. That was just a kind of a mistake, I think, almost. She didn't realize the position of most people about making um, butane hash is bad. Anyway, I'll go a little bit further. What time do you have? We're almost done, aren't we? Uh, we still got 20 more minutes. Wow. Okay, do you have any questions to ask me? Yeah, yes. Um, in regards to the different... Here. Okay, sit here. Here, here. All right, yes. Uh, so please definitely uh, elaborate in regards to the uh, concentrates right now as there are other things coming out. Uh, it is a simple thing for people to do. But I, too, I know it's a big problem in many different regions of people blowing themselves up, people getting harmed, uh, catching spiders. Um, is, is there, there's no, it, it's all just uh, re, repercussion as opposed to re-education. The bottom line is they're going to be giving, they're giving out, they're not going to provide for licensing for making butane hash, okay? Matter of fact, up in Santa Rosa, we already have the places and they're going to be providing locations to get a license appropriately, all right? Now, if that doesn't, they're probably not going to satisfy us, whether there's going to be enough out there and people get the hash they want, whether it's going to be reasonable, cost, who knows how it's going to plan out. I said again, all these, every time they say, well, it's like another moose around our necks, no way, you know? Yeah. On the other hand, we do want to be protected against people blowing themselves up with other people. We can understand that. That's the basic concept. So we can't fault it. It's dangerous. It's not fair to do that to yourself. It's like suicide, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, I'll play Russian roulette. Okay, see you guys there. So it was on suicide of family. Or, I mean, I'm the mother, so son of a mother or daughter. Yeah, cool, folks. We'll do it the right way. On, uh, yeah. uh, what about state to state? If, uh, like Nevada, it's legalized and California legalized. 
how would one transfer marijuana to California? You can't. You can't. They don't have that ferocity, number one. And our law specifically states you can't go over state lines, in particular because the feds, is there that no no where they could come in and prosecute the case because right now we're living under the guise of a, of a special um, passage of the law. It's in my guide under the reports of the people. I'll tell you what it says so just to get a heads up on this. Okay, first of all, our law says you cannot ship it outside the state. It's a felony, remains a felony. And they're really uptight about it because it is going to involve the feds. It's a lot. The feds will be pissed off. We don't want to you know, show it. Yeah, look at the legalize it, and they're all taking out of the country. So we're trying to keep that not happening. Okay, so you have to come to California for your butt broke. That's the way it goes. And this son, uh, smoke the, the kind and enjoy it. And uh, keep in mind to come to my 420 yoga classes too. Just check it out on 420yoga.com. And I'll let you know when and if and where they are. And we're working on the website, but you know, it's going to take time. But anyway, now, the federal laws right now, uh, under the Obama administration, the federal government developed policies indicating that states with robust regulations regarding medical marijuana, cannabis, would be left alone their own devices without interference in the feds. Colorado, Washington, Oregon passed legislation allowing the sale of marijuana slash cannabis to patients and adults for profit subject to taxation and new stream of revenue in 2016. California passed Prop 64, which had a lot of regulations and all that crap, okay? So, this is what formulated. That's what my guide says. However, it has been reported this actually approved right now. Congress approved a bill which will, which, um, uh, which will fund, which will, on September 30th, 2017, this bill that, that, that funds the Department of Justice and, and the Drug Agency. This bill says that, let me find exactly how to pronounce it, called the Rockenbacher Luminar Amendment. That this allows the Department of Justice and the DEA, the Drug Enforcement, from using federal funds to prosecute medical marijuana cannabis businesses in states where the medical marijuana cannabis is legal. So they took the money away from these guys. They can't bust people if they're acting in accordance with the state laws. There's no money for that. However, if you take it across state lines, then you're not acting according to state laws, you're subject to federal prosecution, et cetera, et cetera. And you also expect to get a felony in California. So play cool. Now, uh, going on this program, I, I try to answer the questions with people. It's hard to talk in a vacuum. I suppose I could have more people come around and sit and listen to me and maybe get some feedback. So we'll consider that as well. But I hope you got some. Uh, some uh, valuable information from this because that's the cause I'm into to try to educate people about these, these laws. They're so important to know. And if you don't know them, you wish you would have been in trouble. And one of the things I've been in practice for 50 years, I told you I've represented a lot of marijuana cases. And there was a lot of cases, period. I've represented all kinds of criminal matters as well. Everything from marijuana to murder, I say, you know. 
But it's so sad to see these poor people in my office that for the last 50 years, marijuana related us. It's shit. They just didn't freaking know the law. If they come and said, I wish I would have read your guide, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize this. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that. They could have stayed out of trouble. Then they screw up. And you know, they don't and then they hear bullshit on the street but they haven't they haven't they don't know what I'm talking about a lot of people. And so you really should look at my guy. You should look online and go go to what go to the internet and click in these cases like um possession laws in California. You know, but you don't screw up. You don't need fines, you don't need aggravation. And uh you don't need to get in any kind of trouble, even a ticket. Who needs it? Beyond that you want to hear some more about some other areas of, of, uh, of possession of overnounce? Yeah, that, that and also um, because marijuana is quote unquote legal, what are the steps to open up a dispensary? Okay, it's a long conversation for the steps. So I laid out my guide and I'll tell you about them. Got the whole story in there. Basically, you need property that matches the zoning, which the city or county has authorized. By proposing to give applications to licenses. So, you have to find a city or county that says they're going to have licensing for X and Y, Z, cultivation, manufacturing, dispensaries, blah, 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 like we have in the city of Los Angeles, Pedney. When they offer applications for licensing, then you have to be ready to be able to fill in that application in a way that impresses them degree that they give you the license. The first thing you're going to need is property to show where you're going to do this activity. If you call my office, I'll give you the, I'll send to you the uh, map that shows what zones in the city of Los Angeles are allowing certain kinds of activities, manufacturing, and uh, generally dispensaries and cultivation. So keep that in mind. Or you can go online yourself, maybe you can see that. Okay, so you got to find a property, and you can lease it or buy it, and then let us know about it. And then you'll be able to make an application to the city or county. And right now, we're only getting people, we're writing them up, we prepare them for the application by getting them organized with their property, with their safety um, requirements, with your uh, business plan, recommending a corporation they might want to form, the partnerships with the people they're involved with, all that shit got to be taken care of. Can't just wait till last minute, not getting like, any driver's license. Then there'd be some little tests kind of thing, because the driver's license is not very difficult. There's no tests, but you do have to pass this test in order to get them to accept your application. You get yourself a license, then you can do these things. And uh, you can make profit. That's the difference. Up until now, there's supposed to be no profit. All these dispensers supposed to be no profit. They allow them to make extra services, but that was a mess. Most people couldn't keep track of whether they're making profit or not. It's funny a problem. The state was not getting any money. I don't know. It was a mess. So um, they had to pay taxes, though. <laughs> It's supposed to make profit. It's crazy. And so um, now we have different laws that says you can provide medical marijuana to patients over 21 
And you don't have to be a patient yourself, and you can make profit. Then you can have a dispensary. Sell to your patients, and you're cool. However, right now, there's not any licensing for adult use or spiritual use. It's given out so far to dispensaries because I guess they're still concerned about the feds, how they're going to react to it. I don't know why other states did it, but they're still concerned. So we'll have to see when the state can actually authorize licensing that they'll provide to people. And when they do that, then everybody will probably cave. How they're going to do that is going to be kind of a question because um, you can't apply for a license unless you have a local license first. There are places maybe where they haven't made a decision either to ban it or to allow it. In most places, you can petition directly to the state of California for a for a adult use license or even for a dispensary, and then they'll have to decide are they going to really issue those things or aren't they? And uh, they better because our law says Prop 64 says they're supposed to be able to do that. So it would be a conflict with the feds. I know the state of California, I think they sent a letter to them recently or passed some kind of legislation to make it clear that they're not going to mess with us. But I think that's still up in the air. I have to check that out. Other than that, what time is it? We got time? Uh, we got another uh, 15 minutes. Okay. Well, yeah, let me ask. Yeah. I think I think one of our guests here has some questions. Hold on. Here she is. She's going to give you There you go. Hi, Namaste. Do you have any questions? If God smell the earth, can he search you? I'll write the ticket. Can he search us? I'll write the ticket. But uh, can he search you? Only if you know this more than an ounce and have some reason to believe it. More than alpha weed or eight grams of hash, okay? Because the, the Prop 64 specifically said that the smell of marijuana is no longer a probable cause, which I'm glad they made it quite clear. However, it's not that clear because if we don't know how they're going to, what we're going to deal with these cops payments, well, I can smell a lot more than an ounce. And how are we going to prove it? I can prove that. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. But the case already came down just recently. That reversed the conviction of a kid. Cops walked up to him, smelled his body, smelled all his breath, and of course, he couldn't search him and express the evidence of the case. And being on the course of marijuana is not a crime. So, as I say, you have no more, you have, they think you have more than enough. You think you have some reason that you know, maybe your pockets are full or something, or who knows what they're going to claim. They can't search your ass, they can't take your weed from you. Got it? So that's the story. However, if you're in a car, they can write you a ticket. Well, they haven't decided whether they can take your contraband. I don't think they can take it from you. What can you do with it? They say you put it in the truck, I suppose. You know, got a bunch of roaches in the ass. Write your ticket. You got your choice. You smoke them all right now. <laughs> put them in the truck. I'm kidding you. They wouldn't let you smoke it. You got to go to a residence to smoke unless you have an apartment or condo where they allow people to um, smoke herbs. Do you have any other questions in the way, guys? Yes, one more question. 
do I have to get permit to grow my big plants at home? You're giving me some tough questions. No, no, you don't have to. That's legal in the state of California. You can grow six plants. Good luck trying to get serious herbal out of it. I don't know if you get on six plants growing at home in the house. You can't just right now. You can't grow outside. The city of Los Angeles bans all growing except even anywhere in the state of California. They cannot mess with you when it comes to growing marijuana in your home. You can grow six live plants. And whatever you grow, whatever herb you get from that, you can keep. So that ounce can be a pound or two pounds or five pounds, depending on how good a grower you are. So in that regard, I'm going to pick up a little kind of a tidbit I got from Chris Conrad, who's a great guy and a good, very great um, cannabis expert, testifies in a lot of cases. Keep your root balls. The root balls are what's on the bottom of your, keep those to say, Here's my 25 root balls, um, officer. That's why I have 25 pounds. I'm a good grower. We off my life. Right? Yeah. Good. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Now, as a patient, you could also grow any amount that's particularly necessary for medical needs as a patient. However, the city of Los Angeles and the Pop D has a limit of three members, elected members in their home. But they can't, and I guess they, they limit the six paths apiece. So you'd be in violation of local land use laws. To me, that sounds like a conflict that you should still get to go any amount you need for your medical needs, no matter what the local regulations say. Because, again, Prop 215 had no limit. So I think we win that battle. So fortunately for all the doctors out there, the weed doctors, we're still going to want a recommendation because those will affirm the fact that these sacred herbs medicine for folks that concern themselves by having a label on it. We know it is. The type of medicine that is like the medicine man around the fires in Indian country back in the turn of the century. It's a medicine for your mind. And so you can call it medicine as they can call whatever they want. But I think that term medicine is very, very uh, expanded. What's, so what's Google say about what medicine is? Google it. What's the definition of medicine? Uh, the wiki? Yeah. Google. Uh, just ask Google, Siri. Ask Siri? Uh, uh, I don't talk to Google. Oh, okay. Uh, it doesn't get along with it. What's, what's Wikipedia say the medicine is? Uh, here you go. Uh, here we go. Yeah. All right. Medicine, straight from the Google lens, is the science or practice of the diagnosis, treatment, and prevention of disease. That's one definition. Another definition, a compound of preparation used for treatment or prevention of disease, especially of drugs, or drugs taken by mouth. Prevention, prevention of disease.
Well, I'm just tell you, yes, to me, they could because, um, but they, I think they have a limit. Now they're going to have a whole thing. You're going to have to get a, probably get a, you have, you have to get a license in some situations, okay? Let me talk about the licensing in a minute. Okay, let me tell you the type of licensing that are, are proposed, okay? There's a type one cultivation, especially outdoor, up to 5,000 square feet using exclusively artificial lighting. I don't know what that can be. That's some kind of friggin', uh, what do they call those? Uh, Incandescents or fluorescents? Or in in, a, in a, an outhouse or something. Metal. I don't know. Metal halides? I don't know what it would be for. What do you do that? On an outdoor, why, I don't know what they even buy that have 5,000 square feet for artificial lighting, lighting outdoor. Would that mean like an outhouse? Uh, with, uh, that would be greenhouse like or greenhouse? Greenhouse. Yeah, yeah with plastic covering. Okay, then it's type 1A licensing. That's a, that's a specialty indoor, up to 5,000 square feet using exclusively artificial lighting. So you probably want a type 1A license, okay? Because that quantity is uh, probably a quantity that they're not going to say that you can have by five. I think they limit the number of people in a, in a, um, they can have for a caregiver, for example, to five. So we don't have an answer yet about that question. To me, I would arguably say on the top 215, every patient can have six plants. They can have any amount necessary for their needs, Your Honor. And here I've got these ten, five people living together. They're growing herb together. Uh, and on an individual basis, each one is entitled to have as much as they need for their, for their medical needs. And how do they get around that? Because top 215 is still the law. So I think it'd be okay. Now, the cops are going to try to say it's for sale. <clears throat> you say something stupid. You have it all bagged up and you got, you know, it's uh, packaging materials are fed to Missouri. It's not going to be pretty, you know. And things like that would put you in jeopardy. And stupid things that people might say, oh, sometimes they charge my friend for it or something like that, you know. That would not be good. Because possession of sale is still a misdemeanor now. Mr. Mayor, you can put, get six months in jail, technically, and you can't. I can tell you, some of these places, like in Tulare County, I've been going to, around the state, California, east side, they're not nice in some of these places. They put people away for possession for 30 days. You know? They were serious 30 days, it's just a show. It's just not right, but that's what they do. And uh, it's not the problem. So the bottom line is you can't be doing that if you're going to have any evidence for sale. So that's something to keep in mind. If you want to know what happens, what to use for possession for sale to create, to understand what that, what the cops use to establish possession for sale. So my guide, let's see what I put down here. Um, let's see here now. Um, examples. Here's what it says. Note the rules concerning what can be proof of of the intent to sell. Police officers' opinion alone that the marijuana possessed for sale rather than for personal use can be enough to establish guilt of intent to sell. Cop gets up to, I'm an expert. I think it's for sale. Hmm. Please believe you're convicted. Now, we have our own experts, you know. As a matter of fact, I'm the head of an organization called the National Institute of Court Qualified Cannabis Experts that I teach to testify in court. One in particular is Bill Britt that I 
each got a hundred cases. Chris Conrad is a very good, important uh, cannabis expert. Anybody else wants to become a cannabis expert, let me know. Okay, now, let me go on with what they use, the, the basis for their opinions, okay? The, their opinions are usually based upon the quantity, if you have a huge amount of weed, okay? The number of packages, the presence of packaging material, baggies, etc. The presence of large amounts of money, scales, ledgers, pay-and-o sheets, for example, cell phones, which have, uh, you know, possible uh, <clears throat> stuff on them, foot traffic to and from the premises. Believe it or not, they can testify, well, that's typical people selling weed. they got foot traffic. Why it's so popular, that's why. That's what they get you. I know it's crazy. Or incriminate text messages or statements. Statements by witnesses or the defendant. They say stupid things. So, so it looks like we're about ready to sign off. I hope it wasn't, I hope it wasn't entertaining for you. I hope you got something out of this. It's been my pleasure to come down to the well, trying to get people to start trouble. And I do wish you the best. And keep in touch. And uh, remember, Alice B. Tokos. I don't know how many people know who Alice B. Tokos was. Most people don't anymore. She was a housekeeper for a famous um, of the arts. What was her name? Remember that? What you live work for? I don't have that in my head right now. She knows about Alice B. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, I have the book. But let me tell you, she's famous for making brownies. That's what her story was, okay? And it's all about this woman who was famous for making brownies. I think she's the lover of the woman that she worked for. And uh, I think that was part of this backstory. Uh, uh, Gertrude. Yeah, Gertrude Stein. Gertrude Stein, that's her name. She was an art connoisseur and bought all kinds of expensive canvas art from all the famous artists of the day. I guess they came over and made some brownies. And they called it Men Out. It's an Alice B. Tokos brownie. This is Alice B. Tokos program. Stay cool, stay high, and stay free. Peace.